Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are desperately trying to get in the Christmas spirit with really lackluster Christmas programming. We're trying very hard. And, you know, I'm just going to say that today's topic is a big holiday mood. Sure. This holiday season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Our theme for this week is traditional tv offerings sure for the holiday season there you go (laughs) yeah that's a good spin um where television seems to understand what we want and need from movies (laughs) they do not understand what we want and need from tv no (laughs) no no although i thought they did there was a lot of promise to be fair, though, like, I think what I came to appreciate is there's really only so much you can do with Christmas cheer. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you supposed to extend that over the course of eight to ten to whatever episodes? Yeah. Like, it turns out I don't actually want that much of anything. <laughs> no, like, you can handle, you know, 34 Christmas movies because you're... You know, it's sort of like a one and done. Like, I can spend one hour of my day on Christmas cheer, and then I can put this Christmas cheer away until the next time. But serialized Christmas cheer is difficult, because there's not much to build on. No. No. There sure is not. No. So, Um, we... What are we talking about? Take us there. (laughs) Well, we're talking about... The Netflix original series, Merry, Happy, Whatever, starring my one true dad, Dennis Quaid. Mm -hmm. And then we are talking about Freeform's competition series, Rap Battle. Just, everyone is just doing the most with series titles this year. The most. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing? I guess we'll start with what I said we were going to start with. Yeah, with our problematic dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the biggest... In fairness, I don't know if he's problematic. I just, I haven't done the research. I mean, I would have to assume that there's like, um, you know, he consented to this script and this premise. But did he consent in the way that like Rob Lowe consented to hang out with elephants? Yeah, I mean, we always knew that Rob Lowe was a problematic fave. <laughs> That's not news. It's not news. He is a spiritual advisor from Big Sur and once got in trouble for, like, having sex with minors. So, like, there's yeah, a lot going on yeah. there. There sure is. <laughs> Before the show even started, like, I was very excited at the um, opportunity to get more Dennis Quaid in my life. Yeah. But... Before it started, all I'd seen was the, like, key art, mm-hmm. and my I wrote down, is this going to be, like, Last Man Standing? 
Yes. It just had the the vibe. It was. And it was. (laughs) It was Christmas, last man standing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell them more about the premise? So there is a young woman and um, she is with a man. She's dating a man. And they go home to, they're living in LA, and they go home to her hometown in Pennsylvania, which is like a salt of the earth, working class, small town. And it's going to be the boyfriend's first time meeting her dad, who is the county sheriff, and is the kind of dad who's a very good person, but really believes in religion and thinks no man is good enough for any of his daughters. And so the setup is that this plucky young man, the boyfriend has to convince the dad that he is good enough to propose to the daughter. And in the meantime, every member of the family is around all the time. And there are many dysfunctional shenanigans which are very funny, including things such as divorces and fertility problems. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, punctuated in moments of emotion by reactions from the live studio audience. Or laugh track. <laughs> Take your pick. Who knows? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun for everybody. We all had a lot of fun while watching it, and it was 0% like going back to your hometown to face your uncomfortable family and your uncomfortable dysfunction. (laughs) Felt like that not at all. Not at all. Not at all. None of that. I'm gonna... I feel like I have to give Netflix an ounce of credit and no more, (laughs) because... Like, I know this family as an archetype. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. We all had friends who were this family. Like, they don't drink as Mm -hmm. a rule. They're really obsessed with each other. They um, have a lot of, like, rules that they follow as a family. Yep. (laughs) They're religious. Like, everyone knows one of these families. The mom died, so the dad has to deal with his adult daughters on his own and so everyone has like made the mom into this like legendary saint in the family Mm -hmm. and there's like Mm -hmm. the one neurotic sister who wants to be her mom and be strong for the family it's just it it was so dated she's also the same one who has like the really really funny fertility problems that just kind of make her look like a crazy hysterical woman because she just like gets emotional randomly about her barren womb and whether or not she'll ever be a mother Mm. which is a laugh riot it is so funny that's super funny we all enjoy that you know what i also enjoyed Hmm. um was framing jokes about atheism (laughs) around coming out yeah, making the family think that the kid was going to be gay and that he was scared about being gay and that they were scared about finding out that the kid was gay. The yeah. slightly homophobic dad is also, like, really funny. Um, but then, yeah, it just yeah. turned out he didn't want to go to church. 
Yeah, and like same, but yeah, that was that's a fun a fun joke to make at the expense of marginalized groups. <laughs> per usual. <laughs> we all enjoy that. Yeah. Um and that's how you know that their dad is a, a or their grandfather is like a religious guy and that's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. This was very bad. It was horrific. And, you know, it was long also. It's a very long episode. Yeah. Kelsey was like, oh, it's a half hour. So I was thinking, like, you know, a 22-minute sitcom. Oh, no. No, it went on for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And And I just want to know why. Well, yeah, I don't know why. And also, like, the whole storyline is yucky. And so I don't, like, we all know what the outcome is going to be, which is that, like, the wayward boyfriend is going to, like, convince the dad um, that they should get married and there will be hijinks and some will they, won't they, but it'll all be fine. It'll probably end in a proposal. But it's just so icky that I don't even want... You know, it's like the formula is not going to be satisfying to me because it's icky. It's so icky. It's icky. It doesn't feel good. No. It's not for nice people only. Not at all. (laughs) Do you want to know the most alarming thing about the show? Tell me. The creator of the show was a writer... On two different shows. Yeah. Everybody Loves Raymond. Nope. And Parks and Rec. Oh, no. I know. That's so upsetting. I didn't get into the details of, like, how many episodes, but I was upset. That's too bad. Although, the Everybody Loves Raymond tie really explains some of the biases contained in the show. Like, so many. So (laughs) many. I understand a lot more specifically about their view of women and the role of women in the family. Yeah. The set pieces on this show were also, like, some of the most cheap-looking I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Netflix spent approximately $4 on this. And I (laughs) I think they thought it was, like, kind of cute. To make the set pieces, yeah. like, really obviously, like, sitcom-y. Like, you know, they do the whole bit where the dad wants to decorate the roof. And so the boyfriend's yeah. trying to, like, get into his good graces. So he climbs up on the roof with him. And the roof is very obviously, like, some pieces of plywood with fake shingles on top with, like, a sheet painted to look like the night sky behind them. Right. <laughs> and I think Netflix thought that was somehow, like, charming. Yeah. But, like, I already but didn't like, want to be there. It, yeah. And they've done fine with the traditional sitcom. Like, they've done plenty of good. Yes. <laughs> well, before they canceled One Day at a Time. But, like, that was the Netflix spin that I was expecting, and then there was this. Yeah. And this was bad. And it, I just, I don't... I don't really know, like, what... 
it's it's like the show for the last man standing crowd crowd is the bottom line yeah it's yeah it's not my show (laughs) (laughs) and again it's just like i don't want to spend 10 i think it's eight eight episodes 10 episodes i think it's eight eight i don't want to spend eight episodes watching this family try to navigate their trauma and their dysfunction because like we've all got a lot of that going on around the holidays (laughs) (laughs) no one asked for this like i don't i don't really want that in like my fantasy fiction you know yeah um like i gotta hand it to hallmark christmas in that any dysfunction presented in those movies can be solved in like a three minute conversation and a Christmas ornament. Right. (laughs) Maybe some cookies, maybe like a really earnest cookie decorating session. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we make fun of how trite that is every time we watch one of these movies, but this is what's on the flip side is this show. Yeah, so we'll take those. Yeah. <laughs> Literally any day. Well, because it's trying to do both. It, like, both wants to, like, get down there in the dirt on what it's like to be a family and also try to solve it in the structure of a single cam sitcom. And it's just like, or multi cam sitcom. And it's just like, no. 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 Bye. Yeah. And I think we should just never speak of it again. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Dennis Quaid was never my one true dad. Um, that's Pierce Brosnan's role in my life. Um, <laughs> but Dennis Quaid now feels like my problematic uncle. <laughs> who I just, like, hope hasn't, like, shared any Blue Lives Matter memes, but, like, during dinner, uh, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dennis Quaid. Please redeem yourself. <laughs> Yikes. For now, I'll just be watching his insurance commercials. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, we were talking about his problematic life. He did just get engaged like a 26-year-old. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Lots going yeah. on for Dennis Quaid. So much. There's also a plot in this show where he's, like, got a crush on a much younger woman. Yeah. They don't address that she's much younger, but she is. She is. That's just, like, written in his contract. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Should we so. move on to the other show with absolutely zero stakes and <laughs> zero depth? Yes. <laughs> so I found out about Rap Battle from um, Margaret Lyons' excellent uh, newsletter, the watching newsletter from the New York Times. If you don't subscribe to it, it's delightful. And she, like, threw this in at the bottom as if it was, like, something we should just skim over and not address Which is <laughs> fully. kind of the correct way to present it. Yeah. Um, and so Freeform has decided to hop on the 
I'm gonna call it like the making it bandwagon. Be- yes, because it's like two steps removed from the Bake Off bandwagon, um, and they're doing a gift wrapping reality competition series, and uh, I'm not mad about the premise, <laughs> but I'm mad about the execution. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> um, and I think like it all stems from. The, like, problem with every spinoff like this that I've seen of Bake Off, which is, like, they try to add more. Yes. Like, there's more rules, there's more elements, there's, like, they complicate it, and then they lose everything by complicating it. Yes. So, yeah, so I've seen, like, one and a half episodes of this show, and you've probably seen, like... (laughs) Well, I went back and watched what I missed. Oh, you did? I did. Good job. I fixed it. I fell asleep watching the show, and I woke up in the middle of episode two and was like, guys, why do you need four costume changes in one episode? And then sure enough, it was two episodes. It was, yeah. It was two episodes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this has been brought to you by someone who didn't clean their house for four days because it's hard it's so hard <laughs> so tired <laughs> um oh no yeah so on rap battle there are a handful of contestants let's say 10 and they have two challenges per episode the first one is like a rapid Rap or something dumb like that. Swift gift, I think it's called. Thank you. <laughs> Rapid rap is actually better. It's so. way better. <laughs> rap battle, call me. Um, <laughs> and then, and then they do a like a fancier. Yeah, I don't know what one that, that I don't. I don't think it has a name. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's their showstopper, and. Yes. There's one person eliminated every week. Pretty simple. The prize is, quote, valued at $50,000. And there's two different, like, sponsor integrations. So it's super commercial. Mm -hmm. Um, And... What's the other one besides just getting... Oh, I remember. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so where they get super complicated is that the swift gift whatever the fuck it's called is like always something like very different it seems like it's not super standardized no and they um there's a an advantage for like a couple of people one or two people in the top for the second challenge if they win the first one but it seems like even the participants don't know what the advantage is because in the second episode knowing they'd already gone through this once they were like i really want to win because you get some sort of advantage for the second round that's so funny like it's so messy and like sometimes there's penalties for people who don't who like come out of the bottom of the first one i don't really know it's too hard but that in itself is a problem for me yeah it's too much to follow yeah and 
my other beef with it is that it's a lot cattier it's than so a Bake Off. Fucking catty. Yeah. And there like making multiple... it was pretty friendly too, and this is not. There were multiple edits and like trailers for future episodes where people are like sabotaging each other. Yeah. There was a moment in the second episode where people were fighting about stealing each other's boxes. Mm-hmm. And like, if this was Bake Off, everyone would have enough boxes. No one has ever yelled at anyone to be like, you stole my ingredient. It's also just like, it's a gift box wrapping competition show. And they're not always given a specific gift. Sometimes they're just given a concept and then they wrap empty boxes. And so Mm -hmm. like, hey, producers, maybe have enough boxes for your show about decorating boxes. No kidding. Like, that seems like (laughs) step one. Like, it doesn't need to be, like, empty box hunger games. We're all here to watch them wrap the boxes, and if they can't successfully wrap the boxes, then why am I here? Right. Like, (laughs) what are we watching? You know, it's like, it's sort of like the idea of Nailed It, except even worse, where it's like, I don't want to watch them be bad at putting paper on a box, because, like... That's going to be pretty lame if they start with a box and end with a box. Right. Yeah. They seem to also like what I I think what I wanted from this show was a lot more learning. Yeah. Like a lot more time spent on how they do the things they do because they are like really cool. Yeah. There's like some cool paper flowers and some fun fan techniques. Some really good use of fake flowers. Yeah, I mean, like, on Bake Off, you learn about cooking at the same time. Yeah. Or baking, and, like, you learn, you know, like, what to do if something goes wrong with whatever you're making, and it's like, you get something out of it. And this show, they kind of speed through the actual building of the gift part, and spend a lot of time on judging. There was another reality show that you and I watched recently that was the same. I can't, Maybe it was, like, the body painting one or something. It was something weird. But, like, where the concept of the show or of the art featured in the reality show, like, could be interesting. But they spend, like, 0.3 seconds on it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. That was disappointing. Yeah. It's not as fun. I don't need to know about the judging as much as I need to know about, like how I could wrap my own gifts better. Well, so I'll argue that, like, knowing about the judging is sometimes good, but the problem is they simultaneously spend too much time on judging and also show you nothing of the judging. So they show the contestants, like, displaying their boxes in front of the judges, and they show, like, you know, half a second of the judges making, like, blank faces at it. But they don't, like, the judges don't say much about the gift until the end. So, like, in the first episode, in the Swift gift round, this crazy chick um, did this, they had to make gifts that, like, represented a person they were assigned. And so she was assigned this woman who wears, like, big fake eyelashes because she's, like, from Texas. And so she makes this 
gift that is like yellow and has a crown and has big eyelashes on the side. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a fever dream. And <laughs> they like show the judges looking at it and having no reaction, which right there I was outraged because I was like, this literally looks like, like, I don't know, like gift wrap watched a makeup video while high. And <laughs> then they go to the end where she was in the bottom three. And then they're like, your gift was really janky. And it's like, where was that, you know, five minutes ago when you were judging? And I thought you were just okay with this. Right. You know, like, I feel like then the judgments come out of nowhere. So you go into the final judging, not even really being able to tell who's going to be in the top three or bottom three. Even though you spent half the episode on judging. There's not a lot of honesty with their judging. No, no, there isn't. Which, like, just speaks to, like, the cattiness. Because then they do these talking heads where they're like, that's a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's like, say it to their face. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Is it worth talking about any of the participants? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> um... I guess I I want to begin with the um, Russian import with Olga. <laughs> <laughs> Olga rolls so, up to yeah. every single episode looking like she came out of like a Disney bound Pinterest board. Yes, yes. Um, she they like intro all the people and. They all have, like, wildly fascinating gift-wrapping-related careers, like owning gift-wrap stores. Yes. Which I didn't know was a thing. Like, like people, like, you bring your gifts and they wrap them for you. It's wild. Yeah, well, um, like, one of the hosts is, like, a famous professional gift-wrapper. Yeah. So, they all have, like, those types of things. And then there's Olga, and she comes in and they're like... She's already has a successful, like, I don't even know what you'd call it. Like, a weird she company. Makes, she makes pre-folded <laughs> napkin kits, and you buy yeah. the napkin in a fancy box, and it's, like, pre-folded. But she also said that you have the option to fold it five different ways. So I don't know if that means, like, you can buy, like, five different kits where it comes in, like, five shapes. Like, you can... <laughs> I don't even know what the options are, but, like, you could buy, like, the fan napkin or you could buy, like, the swan napkin. Or if it's more, like, like it comes with instructions and you can, like, Ikea your way through a folded napkin. <laughs> it's not clear. All I have to say about this is that her pre-folded napkin startup sounds as legit as Mila's um, <laughs> French cuisine expertise, yes, on below deck. I like they else... came from the same deployment from Russia <laughs> to invade our reality series. <laughs> the, the thing that I'll give Olga is her grip is a lot easier to pull off. Like it's a lot harder to prove that you lied about your napkin folding skills. <laughs> right. <laughs> that it is about your chef resume. 
<laughs> like the balls to do it are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> what do you think like the gift wrapping equivalent of making a taco kit for yacht guests? <laughs> I might argue that it was her puppy gifts. <laughs> She wrapped a box in, like, white paper. She didn't wrap the box. She, she just put a topper on it? I think it was a white box. Oh, my God. She had a white box, and she made a tissue paper dog and put it on top. And, like, the tissue paper dog looked pretty good. It was very cute. But, like, really missed the point. She also <laughs> made a bow that was, like, a really big, like, swirly, scalloped bow and when it's sitting on the table, it's, like, all curled up. And she says, and this bow is alive. And everybody stares at her like she's an idiot. And then she picks up the box and the bow uncurls mm-hmm. and is now just a long bow. And everyone, like, gasps in awe. They're all like, ooh. <laughs> and it's like, hey, y'all, she curled up a ribbon. That's it. And then she picked it up and it uncurled because of the laws of gravity. oh she's wild she also wrapped a cactus in in green fabric fabric and that was her gift what's funny is um carson one of the judges was like rip shit about it and the judge who's the professional rapper just was mystified she thought it was so cool (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, who else do we need to address? Um, there, so I think, so first of all, I think that the show has an agenda, and like many reality shows, and it decided somewhat ahead of time which contestants were going to be held on and which contestants were going to be, like, the low-hanging fruit and cast off early. Yeah. And yeah. I think that they pegged Eddie as, mm-hmm. like, Star Baker um, because he seems like he was printed out of a reality TV, like, 3D printer to be the winner of this particular show. And they have <laughs> other contestants who did really shitty work who were allowed yeah. to continue on. And they sent home a contestant who, like, was middle of the pack but didn't, like, fail both things the way other contestants did. Yeah. Like, they kept on two contestants who did, like, really shitty work. Mm-hmm. And sent home someone who did consistently fine work. <laughs> Isn't that how it always is? It's how it always <laughs> is, because producers have an agenda, and they, like, I swear to God, they have, like, a chart going into every season. Oh, yeah. Where it's, like, the projected winners and losers, and then they just hope that throughout the course of the show that it'll fit the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's that crazy lady who I referenced who made the eyelash gift. Yeah. She just has consistently bad taste. I'm not even sure it's that she's, like, bad at making things so much as she just, like, has bad taste. Mm-hmm. And the things she makes are ugly as a result. 
but they're going to keep her on because she has a big personality and wears sequins and is just going to yep. be like the hot mess express all season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's <sighs> two different guys who they have totally pitted against each other. One of them failed mm-hmm. both um both rounds. And he's not even – he's one of the only ones who's not a gift wrapper. He's an event planner, I think. Wait, which and one is bo- this? Uh, the guy with the crazy hair. The short guy with the crazy hair. Yeah, the really lanky Who one. everyone keeps calling an elf, and we're alarmed by that. Yeah. He, he yeah, okay. His hair isn't even that crazy, but it's the only thing the judges talk about, is how sky yeah. high his hair is. Yeah. Um, And so in both – um, what are they called? Both. Why am I struggling with this? Like challenges? Both, challenges. There we go. Oh, wow. Um, in both challenges, he didn't wrap the entire gift because he like ran out mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. And like, uh, however skilled he may or may not be, I feel like that should be a failure. <laughs> you have one job on this. You show. have one job, which is to wrap the entire fucking gift, and he like. I mean, it would be like rolling up to the judging table with an unfrosted cake as your showstopper. Right. So I feel like he shouldn't have been allowed to stay on. But I think they're keeping him because then there's the other skinny guy um, who makes jewelry for drag queens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he they're like trying to build this catty drama between the two of them. Right. They're definitely keeping the caddy people. Yeah. Which I just don't need. No, nobody asked for that. Like, keep some perspective, people. You're wrapping boxes. Right? Like, these the aren't even about the Christmas boxes. spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm honestly surprised there isn't more product placement yet. Like, I'm shocked they don't do, like, everyone wrap a KitchenAid. Yeah. And everyone wrap a, you know, like, whatever. They'll get there, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, especially because it looked like they were going to be doing some, like, traveling challenges. Mm. So I'm sure they'll end Again, up at, like... Again, overcomplicating things. Yeah. Like, they'll end up at a Williams-Sonoma before it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, not I don't think I... zen. I don't think I need more of it. No. You know what I would take is if you wanted... 10 episodes of people wrapping gifts um i would take more like a cooking show approach to it or like an hgtv yeah. like home renovation show like it doesn't even have to necessarily be iterative but get like one to three experts and they can like rotate depending on the aesthetic theme that we're talking about in an episode and yeah. then we just demonstrate wrapping different, very difficult gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this pro- this show has the same problem that making it does to that mm-hmm. end of, like, they don't focus on a specific thing enough. Yeah. It's just, like, wrap a gift! Or, like, you have to choose your gift in order of how good your last gift was and then like whoever sucks gets the worst gift like there's a lot of this like 
again, overcomplicating it and not enough rules and, like, guidelines. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to see everyone has to wrap something using only tissue paper or whatever, like. Yep. Or, you know, like, it's a bow-focused thing and they have to make really elaborate bows. Like, there's nothing like that. It's just all conceptual. Yes. Which is where I had issue with making it last season, too, because it was like, make something that reminds you of your family. And it's like, you could use anything in the world. Yeah, that could mean so <laughs> and so many it's not things. It's not comparable. No. No, that was what was hard for me about the um, Swift Gift Challenge that they did in particular, where it was <laughs> rapid like... Rapid Rap? The rapid rap. (laughs) They had to do it based on, like, a person they were assigned, and it had to, like, capture the essence of that person. It's like they were doing it for people who they met, like, a minute ago. And also, um, everyone had, like, such a different idea of, like, the level of effort that goes into that. And so, like, one person made, the woman who won the challenge, her gift looked literally like what comes out of a Williams-Sonoma gift wrap station. Yeah. Um, And, like, some people had these really elaborate things, and some people had these, like, cheesy thematic things. And in certain situations, some of those would be better or worse. Right. Like, I don't think the woman who won that challenge should have won because it looked too much like a corporate gift wrap. But in a different setting, that would have been a good gift wrap. Right. I don't understand enough about the, um, like, guidelines that they're judging against. Yes. Yeah. And I just don't believe these people are qualified to be judges. No. I do not either. Like, the host lady, I don't know who she is, but she's super annoying. Yes. (laughs) Like, extremely annoying. The only person who I trust is the person who owns the gift wrap company (laughs) but even her i don't really get because like i don't know she sort of seemed all over the place yeah i think she's like an artsy type who's like really driven by like whatever moves her in the moment (laughs) which is just like not an effective judging strategy no and And then is only there because he's catty But he wasn't in the second episode. I think he was the guest judge. Oh, okay. Because in the second episode, they brought in someone from a freeform show. I could have sworn Carson was still there. I only watched half of it, but... Okay. I don't know. He was was not in that half. (laughs) I could have dreamed the whole show. You could (laughs) have. Yeah. So... Basically, I have no reason to keep watching this because they have done nothing to make me care about any of the contestants. It's also, like, not fun. Like, it's, you know, I talk all the time about shows I'd put on, like, while washing the dishes or whatever. And this one wouldn't be fun to do that way. No. It's not fun to come in and out of. It's not, like, light banter. Like, you both have to kind of pay attention to it. And also, it's all meaningless. And it's not fun. And it's not like soothing. No, the it's way the very much off not is soothing. soothing. It's so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess this week we watch these shows so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. What we're telling you is that if you are looking for like a quick infusion of holiday cheer, these two shows are going to do the opposite. 
Yeah, don't watch them. But they're going to use a lot of Christmas signaling, like red and green mm-hmm. colors. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, but you are not going to feel in the Christmas spirit after watching them. No. 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 Um, but yeah, if you do find shows that put you in the Christmas spirit, please share them with us. I think it's impossible. That's my Christmas hypothesis this year. Yep. Yep. But you can find um, us on Twitter at Hate Watch for This yeah. to dispel my belief. Or <laughs> you can send us emails um, at hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. Or you can find our website, which has all of our episodes, um, and we'll be able to point you to past uh, past experiences with Christmas cheer. <laughs> and that's at heywatchwithus.com. And Kelsey, why don't you tell us about the Thought Bubble Audio Network? Well, the Thought Bubble Audio Network is also getting into the holiday spirit, so keep an eye out for the annual holiday special coming your way soon probably um they are all at (laughs) at thoughtbubble fm on twitter or thoughtbubbleaudio.com or you can search thoughtbubble audio on whatever app you're using to listen to this show and you can find them all there um or you can give them money at However you find Thought Bubble Audio on Patreon. Yeah, just go to Patreon. <laughs> uh, they've got to have a search function. <laughs> We're never going to learn. <laughs> the only time I have, times, plural, I have made contributions mm-hmm. to shows on Patreon. I've done it by direct links on a podcast Twitter account. Yeah. So that's why we give you all of our Twitter accounts at the end of every show. <laughs> um and we have more christmas content coming your way soon we're gonna go to evergreen we're gonna go to aldovia yep (laughs) um we're gonna visit candace maybe (laughs) we're going to land landovia landova landova the fuck is that that was well you'll see we're because we're going okay (laughs) Yeah, so if you're enjoying this, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you're not, just don't listen to us until the new year. Then if you're not, then you should definitely go watch Very Happy Whatever. (laughs) Oh, no. Sounds like it's more for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh no. Are you gone? Are you there? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Is the internet out again? <laughs> <laughs>